Hello, 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 everybody. This is Nonprofit News with Dr. Shaniva Early. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about basic steps for forming a nonprofit organization. I want you all to know that I'm in the state of Michigan. So these steps are in the state of Michigan. So I want you to find out the steps in your state, but these are generally um, generic things that you need to do when you want to form a nonprofit. You're listening to the Nonprofit News with Dr. Shaniva Early. All right, everybody. So let's get right into it. There are several steps when forming a nonprofit organization, and you have to understand that no two organizations are alike. So these steps may differ. Um, I'm not going to put them in any order or anything like that. Uh, but be be careful when you're when you're listening and when you're hearing anybody talk about how to form this or that or whatever you're doing, because your state has their own laws and they're going you have to follow their laws. So first thing you have to do is um, you have to determine what your organization is going to do. Why are you in existence? What is your purpose? Why do you want to start this nonprofit? I'm coming in from every way that I can think of. Tell me why is the nonprofit that you chose um, doable or not doable or is the best way to go? Tell me why you have a strong stance on having a nonprofit. Most nonprofits, as I've stated before, comes from passion or pain. My mentor says that to me all the time. Shout out to Dr. Dr. Griffin. Um, it comes from passion or pain. Either you have a passion for something that you see. Um, I've, I've went into the foster care system and I need to have more research and I want to start a foster care system, something like that. Or pain. I've lost somebody from cancer. And I want to uh, start a nonprofit to talk about this cancer because it's important to me in my life, passion or pain. So in that process, once you decide what your reasoning is for starting your nonprofit, then you have to start looking at the technical issues, the technical side of starting a nonprofit, right? So you have to decide, okay, what is my mission going to be? So I'm a new startup. I don't have anybody helping me. This is going to be a grassroots effort. What will my mission be? Also understand as you grow, your mission may change or you may outgrow your mission. Um, I've, I've known nonprofits that closed because they completed their mission to the best of their ability. So you have to write down a mission statement and say, this is the mission of my nonprofit. This is what I am here for, because people were going to want to know why you started your nonprofit. Um, and then think, think about your, the vision, where do you want to go today? I want to start a nonprofit a year from now. I want this nonprofit to do this. And then five years from now, this nonprofit should be doing this, like share your vision statement. Talk about how 
Um, you want to start a nonprofit to help children not be bullied. So if you want to start something like that, what is the vision? The vision is to from here, a grassroots to B, C, D, your vision, right? Next, think about the values that you may have um, for your nonprofit. Will you have a uh, uh, anti anti uh, bullying organization, but you hire people who bully people like understand the values that you'll have in your organization. If you have a nonprofit for lung cancer, will you be supported by smokers or smoking organizations? What type of value proposition will you have for your organization. Okay. And so once you decide on your value proposition and you've written your mission statement and your vision statement, next you need to think about what am I going to name this organization? Is it going to be something short and sweet? Is it going to be something long and meaningful? Is it going to be an organization name that is going to be easily searched on Google or whatever platform you knew, use? How how are you going to name your organization? And before you go out there buying cards and letters and trans, you know, uh, papers or whatever you end up using, Check and make sure that the name is not being used. You cannot (laughs) create an organization and use somebody else's name. You have to use your own name. You have to make sure that the name that you chose or that you're choosing does not belong to somebody else. Um, I found that a lot of organizations, they use um, their own name. And that kind of helps alleviate some of the problems, but then sometimes it don't. Because if you have, if you're using your own name and it's not specific to whatever your organization is going to be about, people can't find you. They don't, they don't know who you are and what you're doing and where you're going and that kind of thing. So you have to be able to do that part too. You have to be able to let people know. Um, what your organization is about. And most people's names does that lift up a child. They're lifting up children. They're doing uh, providing support for children. Betty Harris Larynx Cancer Awareness Center. It's a larynx cancer awareness center. You, like you have to let people know until you can get out there and then you can do a name change that will be effective um, later, um, there has been several organizations who have went through a name change. So don't be like, I don't want to get out there and change my name. Nobody won't know me. But as you get out there and as you provide services for people, and if you have to do a name change or your mission changes, as I said before, if you find that what you chose as a mission is not taking flight and you find yourself in another way, and you have to change your name. People will understand that. You just always have to keep the powers that be in the know and file the correct papers. Okay. Next, you have to file uh, what's called articles of incorporation. In the state of Michigan, we have to file articles of incorporation so that we can um, um, be identified as a nonprofit in the state of Michigan. 
Um, and I'm sure there is some form of that in other states. It might end up being like, uh, um, I don't know. <laughs> in this state, in the state of Michigan, it's uh, Articles of Incorporation. It may be called something else or is something else, but something that establishes your business in that state. Okay. In the back of your mind, think about this. You also have to have a board of directors when you have a nonprofit. So be thinking about your board of directors while you're picking your name and, you know, getting your mission uh, started. Make sure that the people that you're talking with is willing to hold up the banner of your mission. So make sure that you do that. In our state, we only need three board members, a president, a secretary, and a treasurer. That's it. Mainly because most grassroots organization, sad to say, may not make it. And so they don't need a big, gigantic board to make decisions because you're only making small decisions in the beginning. That is how a lot of them do. Not saying yours will because you might come out with an organization that might be on fire and you need a full board of 15 or 20 people. But if you do that, you're going to be dependent on those 15 or 20 people to make decisions about what's going on in your organization. Remember, every board member gets a vote. When you're picking your board, don't pick that wonderful auntie that you love. Do not pick that brother that's always on your side. Stay away from picking family members for your board of directors. You do not want to have family members on your board of directors because that can cause a conflict of interest. That can kind of cause a conflict of family members. That can cause a conflict in your family barbecue. Okay. Because what you think is a good idea for your nonprofit, your, your aunt, uncle might not think it's a good idea. So they're going to vote against you or they're going to think it's a wonderful idea. And all the board, the board members is not going to like it. And they're going to vote for you. It, 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 it's a slippery slope. Don't do it. Take it from me. I've been involved in that situation before I knew that I should not have my family members on my board. I put family members on my board and it was a disaster. Don't do it. Please don't do it. Then after you get that done, you need to get an EIN number. Um, you make sure you file um, with the IRS to get an EIN number. That's just an employee identification number so that they can say you are a legitimate organization. That's it. And you need that for a lot of purposes to get a bank account, to uh, get accounts with local businesses, to accept um um, services and stuff, which I'll get into later because there's a whole nother thing about getting financing and funding and grants and even being able to accept grants. You have to fill out paperwork to be able to accept grants. And this is in my state. We have to actually fill out an application with the attorney general before we get approved to be able to accept grants or accept money or anything in kind gifts in our state. So be advised. Okay. So <clears throat> what you, one thing you have to do, once you get your board of directors, you have to form your bylaws. Usually when you're trying to become a nonprofit and you want to become a tax exempt organization, the people who 
um, does your application can supply you with bylaws. Um, that should be maybe something that is put into your contract or in your um, the things that they're going to provide list to you. So make sure that you are aware of that, that you need bylaws because the board of directors is responsible for making sure all the rules and responsibilities of the organization and of the board is written out. You have to have bylaws. You have to make sure that you complete. And this is not a have to. It's a really need to. You need a a business plan. How is this organization going to work? What is it going to be for? What are we going to be doing? What is our direction? You have to have a budget in that business plan because there is a financial piece to that. Because if you're audited, um, and, and usually most small organizations, if you file a 990 postcard, you're not going to be audited because they know you haven't earned, you know, to the threshold. And you have to say, no, we have not earned to this threshold. We have not been given this much money, blah, blah, blah. That's a whole nother animal. Taxes is a whole nother animal. Um, so you have to create budgets and you have to know if, um, where you're going, if your funding, what type of funding you're willing to accept. Um, if you're an organization that's volunteer, or if it's an organization that has employees, you have to talk to people about paying taxes for those employees, insurance for those employees. You you have to, to tap into that business side because just because we're opening up a nonprofit does not mean we're not going to do the business side of things. Um, Filing for your nonprofit status can be a daunting situation. As a nonprofit, I spent (laughs) a long time filling out this application, getting this application filled out, getting everything done. It was 30 something pages and it took a year now and this time it is 2022 2022 you can have it filled out with a company and i have a company that does it for um that does it for me it represents i i know them they i tell them um i know somebody who need a nonprofit. send them the the paperwork they do the paperwork it still costs Three hundred or six hundred dollars through the IRS. Also, they no longer take paper copies, so do not think you're going to fill out this application and send it to them. They don't do that anymore. It's a whole portal system now that was not in existence before, and so um, and then you have to decide what type of nonprofit you're going to be. Are you going to be a um, nonprofit that doesn't do broad work? So you fill out the smaller application or you're going to be a nonprofit that does major things. If you're a nonprofit that does major things, like if you want to have uh, vehicles and and property and things like that, don't fill out the smaller application. Wait until you have enough money to fill out the major application because it's a daunting task to go backwards and go fill out that application again. Okay. Okay. So please do not do that. Um, Please do not do that when you're filling out the application. Okay. Then once you're done with that portion, you have to make sure that your board members are ready to um, 
be board members. You have to meet with them, find out what their vision of the, for the organization is going to be like if they're on par with yours or not. This is just an extra piece of advice that does not go with our um, basic steps for forming a nonprofit, but you have to make sure that you answer some questions and do some research. You have to do some research about nonprofits and how they work and should you even do it? You know, you have to really do some critical thinking when it comes to not nonprofit and funding and, um, if there's a similar nonprofit out there like yours, um, when I started my nonprofit, for example, there is no nonprofits that talk about Lennox cancer, but there are nonprofits that talk about cancer, but I wanted mine to be specific to that genre or that specific to that cancer. Subsequently, I've been in um, existence for 12 years and because of the current situation, we could not complete our mission. So now we have went through a name change and our mission is still Larynx Cancer, but it's Larynx, Larynx Cancer Plus. We do a lot of community service and we help children and we we attach ourselves to other organizations and we work in partnership with other people, that type of thing. So you got to understand what's going on. So make sure that you understand what is really going on with other people. Maybe a partnership can be better so you can achieve the goal that you want instead of going through that, all the nuts and bolts of and, and time and money and trying to get stuff, maybe working with an organization that you have interest in could be better. You never know. It's It's up to you to make that choice. So I would say if if you're you're on the on the fence, do the first steps first. See if um, your organization is already out there and if there there's nobody who represents or if there is people who represent what you do. Go and talk to them and see if there's enough room for you to be in there because sometimes the market is so saturated with what you're doing. You'll never be able to do what your mission is. Um, there's a lot of people out there trying to get to the same place where you want to be. So make sure you check and see there's a lot of people who's out there that is already where you want to go. Talk to them. Don't be afraid to set an appointment with somebody's CEO and discuss, hey, I really want to start this nonprofit to help people um, get out of get out of debt. What what did you do when you started? You know, that kind of stuff. You got to make sure that you're ready for it, because if you're not ready. You're not going to be able to do what you need to do. So make sure that you can handle forming a nonprofit organization. This was just a quick me coming to let you know how to form a nonprofit organization. In our next podcast, we're going to be talking about some why nots. Why not start a podcast? <laughs> why not start a nonprofit? Why not do why not step into this arena? That's what we're going to talk about. 
we need to know some of the other side. People be like, oh, no, start a nonprofit. You can get some grants. There's a lot of money out there, but you may not be the one who can qualify for that money. So on my next podcast, we're going to talk about why not start a nonprofit. Okay. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for joining Nonprofit News with Dr. Shaniva Early. If you know someone who would benefit from this episode, please like and share.